Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Exodus, chapter 22. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. If you've been with us on Wednesday evenings, give me your attention, you know that we've been talking about the law of God. And you know that Moses came down from the mountain, and while up on the mountain, God had given him the law. And remember, we've been talking about the law of God is divided into how many components? Very good. Two components. You have what? The law of God and the law of Moses. And remember, we talked about this, and it's very important that we rehearse it and that we go over it. That the law of God is eternal, unchanging, is binding upon all men at all times. And the law of God is the Ten Commandments. We just finished our series in the Ten Commandments. That's the law of God. And then the second component of the law is the law of Moses. And as we've talked about, the law of Moses deals with the ceremonial. Remember I told you? It deals with the ceremonial and the civil aspects of the nation of Israel. And the law of Moses is applicable, are you listening, and binding upon Jewish people only. Jewish people only. And you'll find the laws of Moses, as we talked about, not last week, but the week prior, in Exodus chapter 21, chapter 22, and chapter 23, the law of Moses. Now, prior to that, give me your attention. Remember, right about Exodus chapter 19, right around verse 3, remember that we were talking about how God, now that's before the giving of the law of God or the Ten Commandments. Exodus 19 is before the beginning of the Ten Commandments. And remember I told you that God was seeking to establish his love in the hearts of the people before laying down the law. We talked about that the law of God and the love of God go hand in hand. Talked about that. And just about 19 verse 3, God told them how much he loved them, he loved them so much that he bore them up on eagles' wings. I love that picture of God's love. I bore you up on eagles' wings, God said. God said to the nation, I bear you up. I lift you up. I care for you. God is telling them that his love is, takes precedence before his law. Now, because God loves them, are you listening? Because God loved them, God gave them the law. Because God loved them, God spelled out 
everything that they needed to know now that they were a freed people. Because you got to keep in mind that Israel, the Jewish people, came out of bondage in Egypt. They were slaves. They had no idea how to live as freed people. I'm going somewhere. They had no idea how to live as freed people. So when they came out of Egypt, prior to, while in Egypt, they were a community of slaves. So God loved them so much, God loves us so much, that God even is concerned with the details of our lives. And God's going to spell it all out for them now in how to live communally. How to live now as a free people. How to live now in a new society. And he's laying down again the law for them. The law and love go together. So here we see tonight in Exodus chapter 22, we're going to see God's grace as God gives them some principles. And I'm going to talk about three principles tonight that we'll find in Exodus 23 or 22 in case you're taking notes. First of all, the principle of restitution. And we're going to find that in verses 1 through 15, the principle of restitution in verses 1 through 15. And then we're going to talk about the principle of morality, morality. We'll find that in verses 16 through 28. And then finally, the principle of first fruits. We'll find that in verses 29 through 31. Here we see the grace of God. God loved them so much that he's laying everything out for them to learn to live. Talking about restitution, talking about morality, and talking about first fruits. Give God your best. Somebody say amen. Amen. Give God your first fruits. Well, tonight, in the interest of time, let's take it in big chunks. Exodus chapter 22, we pick up in verse 1. Saints, if you're with me, say amen. Amen. If a man steals an ox or a sheep and slaughters it or sells it, he shall restore five oxen for an ox and four sheep for a sheep. If the thief is found breaking in and he is struck so that he dies, there shall be no guilt for his bloodshed. If the sun has risen on him, there shall be guilt for his bloodshed. He should make full restitution. If he has nothing, then he shall be sold for his theft. If the theft is certainly found alive in his hand, talking about an ox, whether it's an ox or a donkey or a sheep, he shall restore how much saints? Double. And if a man causes a field or a vineyard to be grazed and lets loose his animal and it feeds in another man's field, he shall make the idea here is full restitution for the best of his own field and the best of his own vineyard. And if fire breaks out and catches in thorns so that stacked grain, standing grain or the field is consumed, he who kindled the fire shall surely make what saints? restitution and if a man delivers to his neighbor money or articles to keep and it is stolen out of the man's house if the thief is found he shall pay what double and if the thief is not found then the master of the house should be brought to the judges 
That, that, that's, the, that's the Hebrew word Elohim, the gods. Not in gods like in Mormon teaching, but in God's small g, like in Judges. And the reason why they were called gods in the Bible, you'll see this word Judges over and over and over as we move through chapter 21, 22, and 23. And the reason why they're called Judges or Elohim or God is because their power, their authority, according to the scriptures, come from God. And they were to execute their office as representatives of God. Uh, Some folks in the White House need to learn that tonight. (laughs) Say amen. That's right. So, if the thief is not found, then the master of the house shall be brought to the judges to see whether he has put his hand into his neighbor's goods. For any kind of trespass, whether it concerned an ox, a donkey, a sheep, clothing, or for any kind of lost thing which another claims to be his, the cause of both parties shall come before the Elohim, gods, and whomever the judges condemn shall pay, how much? Double to his neighbor. And if a man delivers to his neighbor a donkey or an ox or a sheep or an animal to keep and it dies, it is hurt or it is driven away, and no one seeing it, then an oath of the Lord shall be between both, that he has not put his hand into his neighbor's pocket, goods, and the owner of it shall accept that, and he shall make not make it good. But if, in fact, it is stolen from him, he shall make full restitution to the owner of it. If it is torn to pieces by a beast, then he shall bring it as evidence and he shall make good what was torn. And if a man borrows anything from his neighbor and it becomes injured or dies, the owner of it not being with it, he shall surely make it good. But if the owner is standing there, he shall not make it good because it was like a rental. It was hired, and it came for its hire. Okay, stop right there. Give me your attention. Our first point, God is introducing to the people the principle of restitution. In other words, listen, whatever you steal, you have to return. Not just the item, but the item with interest. In this case, as we've just read it, If you steal an ox, you pay 500% or fivefold. If you steal a sheep, you pay back 200% or you restore double. Listen, saints, in God's economy, if you steal something, you don't go to jail. You pay it back with interest. Have you ever thought of this, that God, are you listening? That God is into restitution not incarceration. Have you ever thought of that? I, I kind of didn't until this morning. God is into restitution, not incarceration. Did you know in our country, listen at these alarming statistics. In our country, there are over 2 million Americans in prison today. 
In 2006, our nation experienced the highest incarceration rate in history. The U.S., listen, give me your attention, look at me. The U.S., listen, spends billions of dollars per year on new prison construction projects. Billions. The land of the free, get this, has the second highest confinement rate in the world. Russia being number one. Isn't that interesting? Taxpayers pay as much as $30,000 per year to put an inmate in prison, which is, by the way, the same amount it takes to send a student to an Ivy League college. Interesting. Studies show that 75% of those released from prison will be back in four years. Because judges are often bound by mandatory sentence guidelines, nonviolent offenders are often sent to prison where they learn to become worse criminals than before they went in. Do you know if you want to become a very good criminal, go to jail? Y'all don't know what I'm talking about, do you? <laughs> go to prison and you can learn how to become a criminal. In God's economy, it wasn't about incarceration, it was about restitution. If you steal something, you were required to restore what you stole. Now, this was big, especially as it relates to an ox. Because in those days, an ox was like a tractor. If you're a farmer, you're, you got a tractor, and you know how important a tractor is. Farmer's ox in those days, I mean, it was like a main power for, you know, agricultural, for the agricultural world. And you needed your ox. So if you were caught stealing an ox, here's the important thing. If you were caught stealing an ox and you had to replace that ox, I mean, that would cost you a lot. So I, I think God's point is, you know, it's one thing to put somebody in incarceration and just let them sit there for some crime. It's another thing to make them pay restitution. It costs you something, not cost the taxpayer. You know, so God says it costs you something, you know, under the law of restitution, the criminal bore the burden and the result was a blessing and restoration to the victim. Doesn't it seem like, it's, do you understand what I'm trying to say here? Don't, doesn't it seem different nowadays? Nowadays, if you're the victim of a crime, you might be the victim all the way through. Where God's economy wasn't like that. Now, concerning stealing in verses 2 through 4, go ahead and look at it in your Bibles. Concerning stealing, verses 2 through 4, God says, if a thief breaks in at night, contrasting verse 3, if the sun has risen on him. You see that? If a thief breaks in at night and you kill him to protect your family, you are not guilty for the blood that was shed. That's called justifiable homicide. Because if a thief breaks in at night, listen, and you don't know whether he's armed or not, and you defend yourself, and in your self-defense you killed him dead, then <laughs> you know you're really dead when you've been killed dead. <laughs> that means you're really dead. <laughs> that means you ain't coming back. I mean, no defib, nothing. You ain't coming back. You know, defibrillation or something. But it's justifiable according to God's word. Now, listen, if he breaks in during the day, on the other hand, 
where you can see him and you kill him, then it's blood for blood. Remember, eye for an eye, tooth for tooth, then it's blood for blood. So if you can see him during the day and and you can catch him, because remember restitution, God wants restitution. So you can catch him. If you see him during the day, you don't have to kill him. Some of y'all may want to, but you don't have to kill him. And he needs to make full restitution. If he doesn't have anything, then he is sold into slavery himself. Now, here's something we can quickly learn. I wanted to take a few moments to elaborate on, but I guess I won't have time tonight. But, but here's something we can see here kind of at, at a high level. You know, you, you have the idea here. With increased light comes increased responsibility. Remember, we talked about that. We talked about knowledge brings responsibility. The Bible teaches too much is given, much is what? Required. You see, the more you see, the more we know, the more we're held responsible for. God will only hold an individual responsible for the light, for the knowledge that they have. That's the answer to the question from all unbelievers who say, well, what about the pygmies in Africa? What is God going to do about the people who have never heard the gospel? Listen, God will hold them accountable for the knowledge that they do have And by the way, Psalm 19 says, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day, they utter speech and night unto night, they do show forth knowledge. Therefore, I don't care where you are on the earth, you will have some knowledge of God. Will more than 10 people say amen? Amen. Yeah, you will. Now, you may not know, oh, well, you know, the, the, the doctrine of propitiation. <laughs> all about the blood of Jesus. And uh, you may not know all of that, but you will have some knowledge. And whatever knowledge you do have, God's going to hold you accountable and judge you on, based on that. Because God judges. His judgment is always true. His judgment is always right. And I don't care where you are in the world. God will hold you accountable based on the knowledge that you have. That's why I told you before, I'm going to move on. That's why I told you before, coming to church can be dangerous. I'm talking dangerous. Because you come in here the word, you hear the word, you hear the word, you hear the word, and you don't do anything with it? What, are you nuts? You, you, every week, you know, you come, you hear the word, you hear the teaching. You, oh, it's such a blessing. Oh, I learned so much. But you go away and do nothing with it. You got all this knowledge. And how much more will God judge our country? I mean, we got radio and TV and CDs and DVDs and Bible teaching and cable and the gospel network and word television and TVN. And you get the point. And we got all these Bibles. They got a Bible for everyone. I mean, women's Bible, morning women's devotional, afternoon women's devotional. Just came up from the mall women's devotional, evening devotional for women. They got the men's Bible, the brother ball head men's Bible. I have that one. 
They got all kinds. Yeah, they got all kinds of Bibles. I mean, we have. You get the point. They have so much information. We've got so much teaching. We have gotten so much knowledge. Listen, with knowledge comes responsibility. And you need to know that. And so learning the scriptures and getting all this knowledge and not doing anything with it. That's why the Bible tells us to be ye doers of the word and not just what? Somebody help me. Thank you. Not here's only. Because that's a problem. Here is only, you're just storing up knowledge. With knowledge comes responsibility. With light comes responsibility. And that's what we can learn. Look at verse 5 and 6 in your Bibles. If somebody lets their ox loose in your field and the ox eats up all your best fruit, you shall make full restitution from the best of your crop. And notice, no excuses. (laughs) You shall make full restitution from the best of your field and the best of his own vineyard. This is a law, no excuses. God is setting the standard, setting things up, no excuses. We live in a culture that's full of excuses. Everybody's got a reason for why they did what they did. (laughs) No excuses. You know, I was thinking about <laughs> what my mom used to say about excuses. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I can't even say that right now. <laughs> it's not that bad. I'm just saying it. Just, uh, no, well, whatever. Hey, hey, listen to this. No, I'm not going to all the guys are going, yeah, man, tell us, tell us. Not, no, no. <laughs> But listen to this. Here are some re- talk about excuses. Here are some real excuses. These are real excuses made by motorists who were trying to explain why they had been involved in accidents. Listen to this. The other car, one motorist said, the other car collided with mine without giving warning of its intentions. A pedestrian hit me and went under my car. Here's another one. Listen, I pulled away from the side of the road, glanced at my mother-in-law and headed over the embankment. (laughs) Listen, the pedestrian had no idea which direction to run, so I ran over him. (laughs) Listen, I got to move on, but here's the point. Look, take responsibility for your actions. Amen, saints. Take responsibility. Look at verse 6. I got to move on. I got a lot to cover. If you start a fire in verse 6 and the fire sets ablaze someone's field, take responsibility. The fire sets someone's field ablaze. You know, I want to talk about the tongue. I'll say that for next week. We'll talk about that. Matter of fact, chapter 23, we're going to talk about gossip. And we'll talk about the tongue. We'll talk more. Maybe we'll come back to verse 6. Notice in verse 7 and 8. So if your neighbor has something of yours and it's stolen out of his house and you find the thief, the thief shall pay double. But if the thief is not found and the master of the house is to be taken to the judges to find out if there's kind of some kind of conspiracy going on. Verse 7 and 8. Maybe the master of the house faked the theft to keep the neighbor's stuff. You don't know. But notice both parties was to go before the judges and the judges are to determine who is right. And again, those judges are spiritual leadership. 
You might want to put in the margin of your Bible if you're a note taker there. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 1. And then in verses 9 through 15. So if you're going on vacation, look at verse 9 through 15. Here's a summation. If you're going on vacation, someone needs to take care of your, give me your attention. Someone needs to take care of your ox and your donkey and you ask the neighbor to keep it. And if while you're gone, if your animal gets sick or dies or another animal gets to it and tears it apart or it's stolen, you get back and your friend swears that he had nothing to do with it. It was beyond his control. Then you're to accept that. Because you took the animal there in the first place because he was your friend. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.